Welcome to the Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys podcast, covering weekly investment news, important financial topics, and expert interviews. We want to help you become more knowledgeable about the financial world around you. This is not an offer to sell you anything, and remember, past performance doesn't indicate future results. Now your hosts, Ty Hansen and Ryan Robertson. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys. Appreciate you joining us this week. We're excited to share more geeky finance news with you and finance information. So Ryan is uh, just getting back from Hawaii and acclimating and pretty slammed. So I am am going to go solo again and uh, going to dive into some uh, some information with you. So I did tell Ryan, however, that. He needs to be a little cautious giving me the the keys to the car because I think the longer I do this solo, the more likely that I'm going to get real techy, real geeky. So be warned. Uh, I'm excited, though, to do this. I love love, uh, sharing some of this information with you. And as always, we really appreciate the follows and the downloads and listens. So we, we appreciate being able to share this information with you guys. We love it. We're, uh, it's a, a labor of love, and we're having fun learning this stuff, but it's great to be able to share this with you, and we appreciate the feedback, the, the support. Uh, yeah, we're having a lot of fun with this, so really appreciate it. All right, this week, what we want to dive into I really want to take a few minutes. So, so we do the market mini every. Uh, I do one every Monday. Well, technically, I record it over the weekend and we we post it Monday. But we review what what happened last week, what's going on in the market, how crazy is it? You know, what's good, what's bad. So that's the market mini. This week in the podcast, what I want to do is dive deeper. So so it's not a market mini. I'm not going to talk about this specific week in the market, but I do want to talk about some basic, not basic. I want to talk about some of the information that, that we're hearing out in the marketplace right now, right? Things that, that I talk to people about almost on a daily basis. And it's the, the buzzword area, the items, right? Like, uh, tapering, right? The fed's going to start tapering. What does that mean? How, what is inflation really doing, right? What is going on with our economy? And what's interesting is I, 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 my, my experience is this, a typical call with, uh, with one of my clients will go like this. We, have a conversation about how the portfolios are doing. We have a, a conversation about, you know, what's going on with their financial situations, you know, how they're doing, all those kinds of great things. But ultimately, I, I always see it coming into this, this discussion. We always lead into this discussion. We have this discussion where, where people are really freaked out about what's going on in the markets, right? And people are are at like seriously I have this happen at least no I wouldn't say once a week but every couple of weeks I have somebody like hey do I need to go to cash right should I take all of my money and go to cash because you know for whatever reason Biden's screwing this up um you know the the 
anyways, there's so many, so many things like, so, um, you know, I, I've heard that crypto is going to take over as our, our, our currency or, you know, the, the coronavirus is going to shut down our economy. Like so there's just all kinds of things that I hear. And typically the things that I hear, they're very intense, Right. I mean, these fears are warranted. I'm not trying to downplay anybody's fears at all. In fact, if anything, that's a big focus of, of how we build, how we're building this company, what we do for our, for people that we work with and why we wanted this podcast, right? It really is to, to kind of, and I've said this before, it's really to cut through that noise, right? I want to cut through the crap that's out in the marketplace, the fear mongering, right? That, that kind of information that's out there. And, and that's why I say, I, 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 again, I don't want to downplay people's fears, but it's like, man, some of the stuff that I talk to people about, I'm like, we need to pump the brakes a little bit. And I always say this. In fact, I had a, a wonderful conversation with, with one of my dear friends, Arlene. She's a super, super sweet lady. Love Arlene to death. We had a great conversation yesterday. We reviewed our portfolios, doing some some you know some logistical um, things for her, moving some monies around, stuff like that. And you know, again, Arlene, same kind of fears, right? Like, hey, Ty, is do are we expecting? You know, what like should I be concerned that I might lose all my money tomorrow, right? And again, there's risk in the markets right now, right? There's definitely things that 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 put me on high alert, but let's talk through it, right? Let's understand what's going on because some of the things that were shared from Arlene yesterday were, uh, were a little bit, um, sensationalized, right? And I always tell this to clients, you always have to consider the source, right? That's a really big key. If, If there's one takeaway that people get from, the podcast. One major takeaway. It's understanding that where you're getting your financial information from, what what's the end result? What are they trying to get at? What are they trying to, to get from you, right? Are they trying to scare you into, you know, bringing your business to them? Are they trying to get you to subscribe to something? Is it clickbait? That's what you got to ask yourself. That is a huge lesson to learn in these, you know, in these financial times, in these financial, you know, uh, market conditions, know the source, right? Where, where, where are you getting your information from? Right. Because I think that as you come to really look at the information that's being presented to you, right. Is there, is there an ulterior motive with it? And I think as we come to understand that better, it lets us again, the the common theme here, cut through that noise, Right. And really try and get an idea of what's going on. The other side of that, too, is we need to understand that nobody knows for sure. (laughs) That's actually that's actually another uh, another little financial conspiracy theory that I get a lot from people is 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 that 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 they think that the markets are rigged. And you know what? In certain ways, they kind of are. They really are. 
Um, but they're, they're not, right? Like, because we can still invest. We can still have growth in our money. We can still do research. Is is it definitely geared towards, you know, kind of the making the rich richer? Yeah, definitely. It, it's a game. It really is 100% a game. Does that mean that we still, that we can't participate and make our own gains along the way? No, it doesn't mean that. We can definitely do that. You, you can better educate yourself. You can do market research. I'm not saying you have to trade your own stocks. I'm just saying in general, take control, right? We can take control ourselves, play the game and profit from it. Okay. So again, not to go off on this rant or this, this tangent, but that's really what this is about is getting through that garbage, helping you understand better what's going on and just help you make better decisions, right? That's what this whole thing's about. So, okay. Rant over, I think. All right. Let's, uh, so we're going to dive into three areas. No, four areas. We're going to dive into four areas today. Okay. I want to talk about just generally like on the year, what have we seen in the economy? What's going on with GDP, which is gross domestic product, or or what's our you know what's our output in the economy? So we want to talk about that. I also want to talk about housing, like what's been going on this year with housing. I, I mean, I think everybody knows like house prices suck if you're trying to buy a house, or maybe you're tempted to sell your house. So we'll talk a little bit about that. The other key topic that we definitely want to hit on today is um, we want to talk about. The tapering. What's what does that mean when the Fed? When we hear so much that the Fed is going to taper, what does that really mean? And then the last thing it, it ties into that tapering, inflation. Right. That's the four letter word of the year. I know. I know inflation is not a four letter word. I'm just. It, it's like a four letter word. So insert whatever four letter word you want before the word inflation. Damn inflation! Stupid inflation. So let's talk about those those pieces. And, and again, the point with this is I want to make sure that you have a better sense of what these pieces are, how they're working together, what really is going on in the marketplace. And then we can, you know, we can draw our own conclusions from there, right? And and make some decisions there. So because I will say this. Our dollar is not going to go away. We're not switching over to Bitcoin, to Doge or Bitcoin or any of the other coins. That's not happening. That's not saying Bitcoin's not a good investment. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that kind of uber conspiracy theory that's not going to happen. Our economy is not going to fail. You're not going to lose your money overnight. It's not going to happen. I mean, I guess anything is possible. I shouldn't say it's not going to happen. Anything is possible. But the likelihood of that happening is so astronomical that if that happens, it's like it doesn't matter what you do. Everything's the whole entire system is going away. Right. And if the whole entire system is going away, uh, you know, you better hope that you've got, you know, firearms and cigarettes to, to barter and trade. So or toilet paper. Okay. All right, so the uh, let's look at our economy. Uh, GDP. Let's talk about GDP. Uh, what is GDP? Gross domestic product, right? What's our what's our economic? And there's different with all of these pieces. 
there we can we can dive into like because you can break down um, like inflation data, GDP, all of these. Um, heck, even unemployment and housing. You can break each of those down into different subs subcategories and really kind of understand. Okay, like. For example, consumer price index, right? You can look at overall consumer price, and what consumer price index measures is the cost of things, right? How expensive is it? It's infl- it's it's closely tied to inflation. So the idea is, well, you know, do I want to look at at the prices just for retail? Do I want to include auto? Do what you know? What, do I want to include all these things? So, so that's part of you know that's 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 you know these are we're going to stay very very uh at a very high level with these things we're not gonna dive too deep so gdp um you know essentially as we look at gdp you know we really get a sense that uh, that we're the 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 um we saw a very large economic output post-covid so you know quarter two into quarter three we saw some some obviously negative gdp data I mean, it's, it makes sense. The economy stopped, right? We literally had a, a point in time where nothing was happening in our economy, right? And then, and then we see a massive, you know, spike in GDP and our gross domestic product and our output, right? Our economic output, and you know, into quarter three last year. And what we're seeing is, is so GDP we're right around six and a half, you know, six to six and a half percent. Um, for the for this trend for for you know for 2021, and obviously that GDP is higher than we were seeing in 17, 18, but but we have to understand it's like okay where, where is that coming from? So so GDP is still good. It's we're still seeing a, a decent output, right? Relatively speaking, we're seeing a decent output. Okay, and and again these are this stuff's boring. In fact, this whole podcast people are gonna be like, oh my goodness gracious, Ty, this is kind of dry as a bone. It's like a bad dry turkey at Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving is just around the corner. In fact, we'll talk about supply chain here in just a minute. Um, so get your turkeys early because apparently there's going to be a shortage of turkeys this year. And I like to, uh, I actually do a really wicked smoked turkey. I've got a Traeger smoker and I do a great job smoking turkeys. Uh, this would be, this podcast is the equivalency of of, of the driest crappiest turkey you've ever had for thanksgiving dinner maybe your aunt mabel who does a terrible turkey and you have to go to her house it's that kind of a turkey so just i'm forewarning you people here be prepared there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of data here so but again i want to just that's the crappy thing or i guess that's kind of the that's the 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 only catalyst to really breaking through that noise is you got to realize that there's noise because if we can't make it sound and look sexy nobody's gonna buy it Nobody's going to listen to us, right? I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make this sexy. I'm just trying to get to the, the brass tacks, right? So we're talking about some very specific data here. So yeah, anyways, GDP, right? So things are looking great on that front. The unemployment data, in fact, just this last week, right, as we look at unemployment data that came out, the jobless claims are down. Right, that on kind of that ongoing number, jobless claims are down, and new new jobless claims. Right, so 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 not only the rolling data, but like new data, new data was down a lot less than expected. Right, uh, 
about 5% less than was expected, right? So again, and I've been harping on this for quite a while, we're seeing less unemployment, GDP output is good, home sales were higher than expected this last month, and we're going to dive into housing in and of itself here in just a second to kind of understand what we're seeing in the, in the economy this year. But understand that, again, like we're seeing these fundamental pieces of, and that's what I always come back to is what's fundamentally happening, right? I mean, obviously last year, fundamentally, we couldn't work because of a global pandemic. That's a big deal. The market lost 30, about 35, 37% peak to valley, top to bottom. Well, that makes sense. I mean, it's the the uh, people weren't working. We were, we were afraid that we were going to see, you know, I mean, we sadly we have. We've lost lots of friends and family to, to COVID. That's not what this discussion's about. But my point is, fundamentally, it makes sense, okay? So the doom and gloom that I'm hearing right now, it's like, look, if you look at the fundamentals, it's not as doom and gloom as you think. Maybe I'm too optimistic. I don't know. but But my point is... Are we seeing unemployment come down and are we still putting out you know, some output? And then the answer to both of those is yes. Now, we're also starting to get into quarter three earnings reports. And to be frank, the earnings reports are pretty good so far. Now, now keep in mind, not a ton. We're, I think we've only got about 15 to 20% of the major corporations reporting. And keep in mind, too, some, some companies have different fiscal reporting cycles, meaning not every company is a, a, you know, January 1st to December 31st for their, you know, for their uh, filings. Some of them work on their own, you know, fiscal calendar filing year, right? Uh, fiscal filing like system. So it's like they may, their, their year may begin June 1st. So, or your, you know, whatever. Anyways, my point is, is, is you kind of see it stagger through, but so far of the, of the, um, uh, of the companies reporting eight, something like 85%, 85 or 87. Anyways, mid to upper 80s percentage of those companies reporting beat estimates, had increases in earnings and earnings that were better than they had projected. Okay. Now, I will take a step back from all of this data we're talking about, right? Everything here. I'm going to take a step back and say, listen, the... Uh, the data is slowing down for sure, right? But we've got to understand that, that it's okay it's slowing down. I'm not worried about that because it's all, again, it's all relative, right? We, we, we saw that it, it's just like GDP, right? All of a sudden GDP was like insane Q3 of last year. Well, yeah, that makes sense. When we go from like no economic output to, okay, let's get back to work. Let's get back to normal life. Let's buy things. I've been saving money. I want to go see a movie. I want to, whatever, right? That's going to increase that. Well, okay, that's coming down. That's okay. We understand that, right? So anyways, um, generally speaking, economic data looks looks decent, right? GDP numbers look good. More jobs. The weird thing I will, I will say, and then, then we'll kind of move on to housing. The weird thing I would say, though, with this is, There's still job creation is good and unemployment data is coming down. But they're not 
they're not working like in a kind of a one to one ratio. What I mean by that is like if a job's created, one job's created, unemployment didn't drop by one person. Like it's not, it's not, it's not as, and usually there's a little bit of equality there between those two. The gap isn't as wide. That gap is wider right now. People aren't going back to work. So there's a whole, I mean, we can dive into that as its own podcast and, and I don't want to, I don't want to get off topic any more than I already have, um, with under, so I don't want people to, you know, people have differing opinions and it's actually, you know, this, this, believe it or not, this actually strikes quite a bit of controversy when you talk with people about this, but the long and short is we've got less people going back to work more so than ever based on the number of jobs being created. And that's actually turning out to be my bigger concern as of late. Not for this next few months, but what is that? The repercussions of that longer term are, are interesting. So anyways, all right, let's shift gears. Let's go to housing, right? So we've gone through some basic economic data. We've talked about that. Let's look, and I'm pulling some data from National Association of Realtors, NAR. Right. National Association of Realtors. Okay, so I'm looking at some data basically over the last, you know, four or five years. Right. Basic information that I think we're all pretty much aware of. So the home sale numbers, number of homes sold per month, we were averaging more about five point four, five point three. What, three, almost four, almost almost five years ago. Well, now, you know, and they peaked right around that 6.7 million range. So, you know, I mean, almost a million more sales in a month, per month. But that's actually starting to, you know, it, it, it definitely popped September, October. But we're seeing that that number come down where it kind of peaked out at about 6.7 million homes sold per month on average. And it's down to about that 6.2. Obviously, you know, the big dip last year, COVID, that it went to like next to nothing in, in home sales. So... So again, this, the trend that we're seeing is home prices have gone up. In fact, okay, let's look at that. The median price, right? What's the average price of home? This is across the country. This So different sub-markets will look a little different. Like, so if you're in Utah, if you're in Idaho, if you're in Florida, if you're wherever you are, New York, these numbers are going to be different. This is the median price. So back in 17, we were about 250000 now we peaked right around earlier uh, a few months ago we peaked around 365,000 but that's even started to come back down a little bit okay so home sales like the median price of those like the average price of those home sales is coming down a little bit in the last little bit okay again it's that percentage change that that What's going on in the housing market is we've seen this large spike, right? And we're starting to see the steam kind of fade into the wind a little bit. Now, it's still there. Homes, it's still crazy in the marketplace. Don't get me wrong. In fact, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have one of my good friends on, a realtor friend of mine. We're going to have her on, and she's going to talk to us more specifically about this. But what this, again, the reason I wanted to dive into housing in and of itself is I just, I know a lot of people are dealing with it 
And I, I really do want to kind of squash the idea that there is going to be a large correction in homes. There could be. I mean, you never know. Weird things could happen. But based on the information that, that just, again, the boring fundamental data that, that we look at, I really don't see home prices coming down. Now, again, I just I literally just said two minutes ago that the prices are, you know, that median price is coming down a little bit. I, what that is is it's not a, a, a sell-off in the market. It's a settling in the market, right? I think we're going to see the, 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 uh, the, the runaway train of home prices and home sales. We're going to see that slow down for sure. Does that mean that you're going to be able to pick up a home for 10% less than market value in six months? No, I do not think so. Maybe you do get a, a home that's a little less expensive, maybe a few percent less expensive. Maybe somebody's trying to fire sell their house and get rid of it quicker. We may see some things like that. Uh, I really do believe, though, I mean, I, I you know, actually, now that I'm talking about this out loud, I, I, I think we could see a, um, a little bit more slowdown as interest rates rise, because we're going to talk about that in just a second with, in, you know, with inflation and where interest rates are going. Uh, as we see in interest rates go up, buying power goes down. So, you know, Jane and Joe Smith out in the marketplace, they're trying to buy a house for 600000 You know, if interest rates are 3%, they can buy 600000 and qualify. Well, also now if it's like 4%, now they can only qualify for 540 550-ish. So you get my point like that. That's going to slow the, that's going to slow real estate down. But again, this ties back into the just general economic picture is home prices, yes, they've popped. Yes, it's harder than hell to get a, pr- a home right now. Believe me, like I talk to clients all the time. I know, I understand this. I see this all the time. But that's actually a sign that the economy is still really strong. It is. We're going to talk about stagflation in a little bit. And stagflation is really scary if we start to see that. But here's the thing. If people are buying homes, you don't see stagflation. Because, again, it's just like either people are buying and moving or they're not. And that's the point. It's still happening. People are still selling homes. They're still buying homes. They're still moving. They're still getting new jobs. They're transferring jobs. They're changing jobs. They're, you know, we're seeing this. We're seeing the, the economic wheels in motion. Okay. So, so hopefully that, that, you know, puts a few people, a little bit of people's fears to rest. So, okay. So now let's shift into our last couple of points, the fed tapering and inflation. Okay. So, so tapering, everybody keeps hearing this. Hey, Ty, I keep hearing that the fed's going to start tapering. What does that mean? So, Okay. To really understand that, what we need to do is we need to take a step back and understand what is quantitative easing. Okay, another crazy financial term. Essentially, quantitative easing it, it, it's a it's a not a game. It's a method that the you know the the our, our Federal Reserve right the central bank can use to kind of work the economy. And basically what happens is they buy, you know, 
they buy longer term secu- uh so we call them secure it's like basically they buy debt sec- you know so government backed securities longer range debt things like that they buy them out in the market and the reason that the fed does that is it's the idea is like okay if we're buying that means we're pushing more money into the marketplace right and at the same time it it increases or it makes lending better right so it's like, okay, you know, there's just more cash flow going around in the market. And banks also can say, okay, hey, well, because a lot of times banks will go to the Federal Reserve, borrow money, turn around, and then lend that. That's what they lend. Well, if you're borrowing from the, it's not quite this simple, but if you're borrowing from the Fed at zero, which it's not, the Fed rate's changed, but just, just for simple example, if you borrow at zero, turn around as a bank and lend at 2%, you know, the bank makes that spread, right? Well, that's why home rates, mortgage rates are so low. That's why you can get an auto loan for, heck, I think the the average for people with higher than 700 credit scores, I think the average uh, auto loan rate right now is like 2.1%, something like that. Uh, There's a lot of of automotive companies out there that are offering 0% interest rates. And that all happens because the cost of that capital, like the bank rates are so low. That's part of quantitative easing, okay? Quantitative easing's happened quite a bit since 08. I mean, there's roughly, you know, depending on some, some yeah, there's different classifications of what would what is truly a quantitative easing event, what's not. Basically, we've seen about 8 to 12 quantitative easing events since 08. Most recently... It was March 15th of 2020. The reason I bring up that date, March 15th, 2020, Federal Reserve's like, yeah, we're doing a huge quantitative easing plan here because we know that the, we want to, we got to keep the economy rolling. And the only reason I bring up that specific date is if you go back, go to Google Finance, Yahoo Finance, look at the S&P 500, the market, right? Look at the market. And... You look at where that bottomed out and the market started to kick back up and recover from kind of that, that COVID scare. The, the true COVID scare, it was right around that middle end of March, right when it happened. So so the Fed Fed did its job, right? Now, it, uh, you, quantitative easing is, is, is a dangerous game to play because that's where, okay, so again, quantitative easing, it's buying they're buying stuff. They're buying the bonds. They're buying these, you know, these securities. Uh, in fact, one of the one of the securities that we often see is a mortgage-backed security, meaning, you know, a whole boatload of home loans go into a mortgage-backed security. And since those have been cleaned up from 08, for the most part, we're seeing that okay, they're they're lower risk. So you know, Fed's like, hey, we'll buy up a bunch of these, and then, anyways. So that's buying. That's quantitative easing. Tapering is the opposite. Tapering is, well, I shouldn't say it's the opposite. It's not selling. It's, it's, it's tapering is we're slowing down how, how much we're purchasing. So, I mean, you're talking about one, uh, about $120 billion. I mean, billions and billions of dollars being purchased a month billions of dollars i mean that's a lot of money right a lot of money that's flowing out in the market so the fed's like we're pulling back we're not gonna buy as much 
So a couple of key points with that, right? Really understanding what this tapering means. The Fed is not going to stop tapering if it feels like the economy if it feels like the economy can't handle this, if we stop flooding the market with this money. Now, I will, I will say one thing. Quantitative easing, it is limited because the deeper you go, the harder it is to – I mean, it's crazy. It's really hard to come back. And that's kind of the position we're in is we've, we've basically used quantitative easing for the last 12 years, 13 years. Since 08, now with COVID, we've been doing this for so long. I mean, effectively, the rates have been pushed nearly to zero, Right. You can technically go negative. That's really bad. But it's really like it's almost like you just at some point you can't play that hand anymore. You just can't. So that's kind of where we're at. So so it's dangerous because you, you run out of I mean, there's no more bullets left in the gun. Right. You can't do it anymore. And so that's dangerous. And then B, trying to come back from it, which is exactly what we're talking about right here. This is what tapering is, is like, OK, we've got to come back. We've got to stop buy, or, or sorry, we got to stop buying, and we've got to just let things just work themselves out in the marketplace naturally. So, over the last couple of years, as the Fed has talked about tapering, in fact, uh, in 2013, you can go Google the term "taper tantrum." It's kind of a funny term. I like "taper tantrum." And it's just, it's kind of the market's reaction to that tapering, like, oh crap, like if they're going to stop buying, that means that it's less manufactured, the interest rates are less manufactured, so it's more back to just, you know, economic cycles and, you know, investors get freaked out. And the other reason for it too is when that starts, when you start to see tapering occur, we're going to talk about inflation in a second, you see interest rates start to rise again, which they have to. We need interest rates to go back up to a good level, right? Because that way it's like, okay, think about that. If we get Fed rates back to 2 or 3%, 4%, well, then guess what? If they need to do quantitative easing again, they can do it again, right? The problem is, though, is, is if, that, if those rates kind of slip and get away from the Fed and the economy slows down, then you start to really have issues with inflation. That's what people have been freaked out about all year. In fact, I'm going to take a second here, so just bear with me. Follow me on these numbers for one second because this gets really interesting, okay? And this is where I my blanket statement with everything is we're okay. We're okay for right now. Now, are we going to make millions of dollars in 2022? I don't know. But for right now, right, end of October through the end of this year, we're in decent shape. And in my opinion, I think that the Fed has handled things really well this year. Okay? Again, I don't care politically which way you lean. I do not care. I honestly do not care. I'm a political agnostic person. Politically agnostic person. I care what I'm seeing in the economy. Again, it's noise, right? I don't care if it's Trump or Biden. I don't care what they're doing. I guess I shouldn't say that. I do because obviously it impacts the economy. But what I'm saying is what I care about is what's really happening as far as things that are in policies being implemented. What is it really doing? Okay. So the Federal Reserve's handled this really well this year. And my concerns with inflation are actually a lot less than they were January of this year. Okay. Let me just give you some numbers. So earlier this year, you know, February, early February to early March. The 10-year treasury is a great litmus 
litmus test. That's a, I think, yeah, I think I'm saying that right. Litmus test, pronouncing that right, of what's going on in the inflation world, right? 10 years, kind of that happy medium of the longer term bond, shorter term bonds, things like that. So we saw this spike February into March, or, you know, basically first of February through first, first of March. Where the ten-year Treasury bumped, it, it actually capped out about seven one point seven four percent, and so we saw that pop. And you might say, "Oh, well, that's kind of interesting because my portfolio took about a four to five percent hit during you know kind of middle of February through middle of March, right?" See what I'm saying? So interest rates were on the rise. People were really freaked out about inflation, and they start selling off in the portfolio. We see the market correct about 5 or 6%. Okay? We saw that. And so why? Because people were freaked out about inflation. In fact, it was interesting because we saw better growth. January, February, March, we saw better growth in the more stable value parts of the market, not the growth parts or tech part. Like So again, tech, if you were more tech, January, February, March, you got your butt kicked. Right, but then, then is that that fear kind of there was some you know that subsided. People were a lot less freaked out. So then we started to see it go back. Okay, tech came back, and tech's been on a run for about six months. Okay, fast forward now to the last month or so. Same thing. Uh, so again, we saw about uh, about a fifteen percent rise in the ten-year Treasury rate. Fifteen percent. Not not that the interest rate jumped to fifteen percent. The percentage changed, right? The number that like, so it was basically about 1.35, 1.4-ish up to about 1.5. And then it did peak out for a little bit about 1.7 and it's kind of come back down. So just recently it, it's jumped again about 12, 13%. So pretty close. In that same time, so again, remember, so January, or sorry, February, March-ish, 10-year treasury on the rise, people freaked out about inflation, market see about a 5% sell-off, Okay. Fast forward to now October. 10-year treasury, another 12 to 13% bump, right? We're back actually at one point. We're high, we're high 1.6. So we're almost back to that peak that we were earlier in the year. And the account, or the market's done about 5.5% in that time frame, positive 5.5%. So what does that tell me? We don't care as much about inflation right now. The economy or the markets don't. Markets aren't freaked out like they were earlier in the year, right? They're not. We're seeing that inflation data on the rise, and investors aren't freaking out like they were. Now, again, don't get me wrong. So, so I'm talking about the Treasury rate and what fit with the Fed tapering, and that's again. That's, let's come back. Let's tie that all back together. So that tapering is the basically the Fed saying, "Hey, we're not going to be we're not going to be buying as much anymore. So we're not going to be infusing the market with as much money. So interest rates aren't going to be as low." By them doing that, it's almost like, "Hey, we're going to let the market kind of run itself. We're not going to we're not going to meddle with it." And usually, like I said, the, the, the taper tantrum. Go Google that and look at the markets in those timelines. The uh, so so the idea is like, okay, is the market going to go to hell in a handbasket? And that's what I'm saying is is Fed's basically like, "Hey, we're doing this." And the markets really aren't flinching. Okay. Now, again, I will take a step back and say, 
take, yeah, there, I, it's easy for me to say, yeah, I'm not as freaked out about inflation and things are going great and the Fed's handling it so wonderfully. And then you go to the pump and you fill up your gas tank and you're like, what the hell, Ty? It just cost me so much more money. Or going to the grocery store cost me more money. That really gets into like supply chain issues and other things going on there, right? And and I I, I would like to take more time to dive into to, to supply chain on this podcast episode, but but I don't think we will. Um, so let's let's kind of end with this inflation idea. It it still is scary, so don't get me wrong. I, I don't mean to be like, yeah, everything's great. It's more expensive for sure. House prices more expensive. Going to the grocery store, more expensive. Gasoline, more expensive. Buying a pair of jeans, more expensive. Right? I mean, we're kind of in that 5 5.5% range on inflation, which, I mean, if you look over the last 10 years, we're at, we were averaging more like, uh, up until you know this year, we were averaging more like 1.5% on inflationary rates, year-over-year percentages. And, and just recently, it's more like 6%, 5.5%, 6%. That's okay. We, we understand that. Like it, the, the point of all this is what the market really hates is data that wasn't expected, right? So that's what I'm saying is, is it, I'm not saying it, it's, it's hunky-dory. It still sucks for sure. But because the economic output is still good, people are still spending money. In fact, I was talking to business, my business partner, Ryan, about this. Uh, about about the supply chain issues that we we're seeing and a lot of it's due to covid a lot of it is we just again we shut the the entire world global economy down for a few you know for weeks if not months depending on where you lived of course that's going to mess things up for a while and we've also got this weird shortage again of people not going back to work so that's that's another thing but but the funny thing is is we actually still have a shortage because we're actually buying more than was in, than was expected so we're consuming a lot more so anyways, the supply chain issues, that's impacting inflation, I think, as much as anything. So my point is, yeah, we're seeing it pop, but we, we understand for the most part, we understand why. And because we know why, that really is keeping the economy okay. It's keeping the markets in check and the markets are okay. They're happy. They're fine, right? They're, they're, they're humming along, Okay. Now, if we look at forecasts, this is where, as long as we continue this trend, in fact, even to like just this last month, we're seeing some of that, that the revised inflationary data and some of the projections are even already starting to kind of come back down in that five, lower 5% range, not the higher 5% range. The projections for next year, are, are we're, we're looking to average more into that 2% range, right? So inflationary data should, should come down. That's my point. We obviously we got to keep watching that, but but you know as we're kind of coming out of COVID, a lot of this makes sense, and because it makes sense, I'm willing to say, look, you don't need to jump ship, right? And it's not as dire as the you know Fox News, CNN, whatever business news, wherever. A lot of these stations, news stations, they're just trying to get you to watch. Clickbait. That's what that is. Now, one thing I will say too, last thought. With inflation, one thing we do have to be cautious of is what we call stagflation. Okay? 
So stagflation is essentially when you see inflation running away from us, which again, right now, technically it kind of is. It's, it's, it's peaking, it's, it's bumping, but you also have a decrease in economic output, right? So if we weren't seeing the economic output that we're seeing with this inflation, and we didn't have a forecast that showed that inflation should start to kind of ease off, we would be we would be kind of fearful and and kind of towing the line with that idea of stagflation. And we're not. I was a lot more concerned about stagflation January, February of this year. I was really freaked out about that. In fact, if if had that happened, the portfolios that we manage for clients would look a lot different right now. They would not be you know, as, as, as much of put putting the pedal to the metal. So, but it's, it's not, it's not, we're not seeing stagflation happen again. It could, so we'll, we'll keep eyes on it, but anyways, so those are the main things going on in the market, right? We're seeing still decent economic output. Yeah. Housing prices suck and it's frustrating that it's more expensive. And if you're trying to buy a house, I'm sorry, but that's a good sign of the economy. Yes. The fed is tapering, Right. They're going to stop buying as much stuff as they're buying, which means less monetary supply, which means interest rates are going to go up. That's what it is. If you haven't refinanced your house, go do it because rates are going to go up. And inflation is definitely a pain in the butt, right? Having said all those things, though, we're still on track. We're okay. Markets are doing well. Economic output's good. Forecasts look decent. Okay. All right. Well, as always, we really appreciate the listen. We love sharing this information with you. I love rambling because I get to hear myself talk for a half hour, 45 minutes. But uh, yeah, no, in all seriousness, this is a lot of fun. We appreciate it. Check us out, tyandrye.com. And as always, we're happy to chat. Uh, send us a request of you know things you want to hear. If you ever want to chat with us, our email is support at myprosperteam.com. And we're happy to chat with you anytime. Thanks again, and have a wonderful weekend. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys podcast today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit subscribe. That way you won't miss any future episodes. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Ty and Rye podcast. Also, check us out at myprosperteam.com. Thanks. We will see you next week.